Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 256. That's 256. It's the Ines Wolves podcast in association with new sponsors, Kettle and Toaster Man. More from them later on. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by Wolves reporter. Come in, my Benedon buddy, Mr. Liam Keane. You love a bit of alliteration. Benadorm Buddy. I'm loving it. Battle of Benadorm, Benadorm Buddy. How many more can we name? I don't know. I just needed you to speak a bit longer because I need to... <coughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Let me speak over it so that, you know, it doesn't start to oh, hurt the, uh, the, you know, the, the peeps over the earwaves. I'm, um, I'm not well. I'm not... What is that? Honestly, the 10 days in the dorm, the dorm won. The dorm was victorious, I'm afraid. Um, I could agree. It's. <laughs> I'm still sweating. I'm coughing. I don't know what's wrong with me. But all, all, all I, all I'm thankful for is being back home in Dorridge because that was um that was a long trip. It was a fun trip. Um, lots of lots of great content. But I tell you what, that's a, that's a long time to be out in the old Alicante. Oh yeah, I mean little things like you start to miss home comforts and things like that, and. Uh... I wouldn't tell her, but you start to, you know, miss a couple of familiar faces. Around oh, there. don't get, don't do. Look, 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 look. There's, there's one thing you need to know about me. I think you know this already because Come we've on. shared, we've uh, we've shared an apartment. <laughs> we've shared a bed. What we shared an apartment for ten days. Yeah, I'm a romantic. You are a romantic. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Albeit jujitsu. Yeah, that's that's like a se- that's like a separate animalistic part of me. I'm, wow. I'm a I'm a lover, really. So. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, it's nice to get back and see the old ball and chain. I've got, I've got, I've got to be impressed though, Kino, because you know, for a young lad, and you are a young lad. What are you now? Nine, eight, nineteen? <laughs> There's no need. Twenty-five. Anyone's interested? Twenty-five. Um, you know, people at your age, when you when you're living with your, your the first love of your life, um, when they're away from home for for ten days or eleven days, wherever, however long we were, we were away for, could be. FaceTiming every single minute, texting constantly, calling, and I'm like, oh come on! Like me and Alana, obviously everybody knows that Alana is away with you know whatever pop band and stuff like that. So we we barely see each other from time to time. It ships in the night, and to be honest, it kind of works because <laughs> if you're living on top of your missus for 24 seven, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's uh it's not going to be the most the most incredible experience. But well, maybe for some people, not for me. Um, but you you did well, mate. And we. We'll, we'll we'll get by with like maybe a couple of FaceTimes during the ten days, and obviously the old WhatsApp message every day, and and maybe a call. But but you weren't you weren't stuck to your phone. You embraced the experience, and I've got I've got to commend it. Yeah, well, I think it's a it's a healthy way of doing it, isn't it? I think we sure probably, it has to be. We probably FaceTime about three times in the ten days. I think maybe four, one of the, one of the two. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty is pretty normal, but we also well, I don't know one of, the, one of them wasn't normal that two a.m. call that I could hear going. Whoa, oh, let's not. I could start hear a shower in the background, Kino. I wasn't. I, I just put the earplugs in, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but no, we we spent quite a bit of time away, sort of um, long distance with uni, and then she was living in London at one point, and I was working. Um, I think back in the day when I was a um, a, a news reporter with the old oh. Express and Star, and actually ah. early my early days at Warsaw as well. Um, she was she was living in London, so we sort of did long distance for quite a while. So we're sort of used to going away, and then one of us not being there, and then yeah, I think it's normal. I mean, it would have wound you up to no end if I was you know glued to my phone, uh, and that's not that's not what I'm like anyway. But I mean, no. I, I'd have known that that would have wound you up big time. Well, the, the, to be honest, we didn't have a lot of time because because it was True. so action packed. You know, 
there were, I know, I know we say it, but like long days, long nights as well. I mean, we had a TV in that apartment. Never, never even got put on, did it? Not once. Apart from the one video that you did of me watching our, uh, oh yeah, our video, our YouTube yeah, video. and, and, and was genuinely like that was on for two minutes. Two minutes just for just for tweet purposes, and that was just it. Just for but tweet purposes. No Netflix no. use, no nothing. It, it was just good old fashioned fun. You know, uh, chats <laughs> across a table, and lots of laptops, and microphone activity, and the odd um, the odd entrance back into the apartment at uh, not three, four, five, six, seven. But eight fifteen in the morning. <laughs> Look, I'll put it this way. Go on. I have completed and thus retired from Benidorm. Completed it, mate. Completed it. Retired. I, you know, it was fun while it lasted, but um, I move on. I way. was apprehensive, but I actually very much enjoyed Benidorm. I must admit, I think the place at Oriar definitely helped because the aircon was nineteen degrees constantly. It was cool. And all the best to our Airbnb hosts when they see that electricity bill at the end of those uh, those ten days. But the running was there. The restaurants were were nice. We got some good food. We had we had a couple of nights out. We had a few services. Obviously, the games were great. The access was great. Can't can't go wrong. Even the driving was decent. The cooking was good. The cleaning was good. I was you were the cleaner. I was about to say that the both roles that we had, I thought we did them pretty perfectly. <laughs> Unless you're going to tell me now, there's something that you weren't happy with. No, um, I was. I wasn't happy with one thing, but it was. It was. To be fair, it was. It was my own. My own issue. I thought the cooking was very good right the way into the last night, where I'd put off for for, for a long time, all week really. This so-called chicken mints that we bought from which place did we go to? I've never been before. <laughs> it was Lidl. We Lidl. That's it. I never. Which, heard to be of fair, it you were quite impressed with other other than this. You know, one item you were about to talk about. Yeah, well, I really want to make these like like, like lettuce tacos. It's a kind of healthy option, you know, where we do it at home, where we actually use turkey mince, but a little bit of taco uh, seasoning, and, you know, you maybe put some water chestnuts in there, and, and it's you know, a little bit of soy sauce, and it's, it's really nice and tasty. But it said chicken mince, so it said polo, which I assume was chicken, and it was very red, and, and I'm like, oh, I picked it up, and I'm like, no, we're not going to have it. And I'm like, no, I picked it up again, and I'm like, no, and then I ended up getting it, and it was just in the fridge right the way into the last night and I cooked it and you know when you're just there it was, what time we're eating it's probably about one in the morning because it was a late one and you just put the first mouthful in and you're like oh this is grim this is grim <laughs> so um, but but you know 98% of the time everything else worked worked perfectly I'm glad you didn't like it either because I had the first couple bits of it and it, it wasn't for me and, no uh, for me no for and me I, no and uh Straight away, my first instinct was I just felt bad because you'd, you know, you you'd slaved over the uh, the stove to put this together. My best. And and then I I turned to you and went, look, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry because I do genuinely feel bad about this, but it it's uh, it's not. I'm not sure it's for me. And you you went, it's not for me either. I was so (laughs) relieved, and neither was anything after that. I mean, I think we had some cereal, and that was about it. But yeah, you can't be can't be a a bowl of Kellogg's cornflakes at quarter to two in the morning, can you? There's something quite nice about cereal late late at night. I don't know what it is. It's almost like it turns in my head. It sort of turns from savoury to dessert. I don't know why. Mm, mm. I don't know how that even makes sense. Probably probably the two and a half. um, uh, two and a half liters of honey you put on top of it, probably. <laughs> to be fair, I was, lo- I was loving that honey when you bought that, and uh, and and I would never have thought to put it on cornflakes. And then I saw you do it, I was like, I'm definitely doing that. Well, I mean, Frosties is my go-to if you're gonna have it. I'm not having a Frosties for years, but uh, c- c- cornflakes on their own with no, no little bit of sweetness. I mean, I, you know, 
in an ideal world, it's agave nectar, but you can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers, so it's a bit, <laughs> bit of honey on there, and uh, yeah, job done. It was nice. It was good. I thought. I thought we did a. I thought we did a very good job, and um, and as you say, the you know the access and the work. I you know I was one part proud of uh, of that of those ten days, but also just pleased it went so well because it was uh, you know it's never guaranteed these things, and it was uh, it was good. And now, and now we've got another one coming up. Can't yeah, we begin. We begin. We start over again. Uh, four. We're just discussing off air the f- what time we're meeting. Four four thirty a.m. or four fifteen a.m. at Birmingham. Yeah. As we fly to uh, fly to Faro for uh, for two games in two days, we'll we'll discuss that later on in the podcast. But first of all, let's get on with it. Um, well, I thought this was going to be a little bit more upbeat and looking forward to the season. And uh, yeah, then the Royal news comes out yesterday. So um, after delaying this podcast Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday due to due to hyper sweating and and, and coughing, it's probably a, a very good time to take stock and discuss. The events of the last two days. Of course, we saw Raul. Everyone saw Raul, who I thought Kino looked very sharp in pre-season. Looked back to I'm not going to say his old self because, uh, but uh, just with some of the clearances he made at the back with his head, uh, the way that he was around the camp, two goals in two games, uh, his movement, the way that he was striking a ball, all looked like a player who was very much down on confidence last season and, and a player who was ready to kind of like come out of that shell and hopefully with the likes of Gibbs White, Neto, Pedence, have a little bit better, um, you know, crossing and, and balls, to, balls to kind of get the ball in the back of the net with. Then he comes off and we think, well, we kind of hear that it probably looks innocuous enough, you know, just to be super cautious, let's come off now. And no one really thought too much of it. And then the days or the, or the hours of, of an injury update went into days and you become to maybe become a little bit nervous. And then, of course, the news yesterday of, um, you know, of, of, a, of a sprained or a damaged MCL and um, an adductor and, and the fact that he's, he's due to miss multiple weeks. It's, it's a massive blow with the likes of, you know, Fabio Silva, who's obviously already off the mark. Of course he is for Anderlecht. And uh, and now and now losing the talismanic striker in Raúl for for multiple weeks. It's well, it's a bit. Let's be honest, Liam. It's a disaster, isn't it, at this moment in time? Well, just to come back to very briefly what you said about preseason, I, I totally agree. I thought Raúl looked <coughs> sharp. He, I think the system suited him. It helped him. There was players that were able to get closer to him, i.e., Pedence and and, and Gibbs White, probably the the two that got the closest to him. And I think that link up really helped him. Uh, I've said for a while, I think you needed a player, you played just off him that can give him an, uh, an option, give him a foil, someone to run off and I thought he used that really well. So, um, so first of all, yeah, it's a real shame that he's injured. Um, I think we're looking at about, I think we're looking at about a month Best case, um, up to potentially six weeks or so. Or, well, know. clear it up, Kino, because, um, you know, there's some, some people are saying up to eight weeks, um, of course, Raoul's um, wife wasn't very happy with with some of the stuff that was already out there, and and kind of insinuated two weeks for rehab. So, um, where whereabouts are we? Because just because I think there's a grey area at this moment in time, yeah. as there will be grey area, because I don't think anyone will know when he's absolutely one hundred percent ready to go. That's that's impossible to know. It's it's about how he develops, how he reacts, how he recovers from this injury. But when can we expect to potentially see him? Yeah, so her, her tweet, um, Raoul's partner, um, sort of Im- implied two weeks, but I think it was probably more of a uh, sort of turn of phrase, really. Um, it, it's not going to be two weeks. It's going to be 
probably sort of around about a month best case. So you're looking at about four weeks best case. Of course, you can take uh, a week off that in terms of the season starting because it's not it's not sort of week on Saturday. So um, in that case, you're looking at maybe three games uh, best case that he misses in the Premier League, potentially four. Um, so and, the lead, and Leeds Saturday, then you've got no, a week on Saturday, then you've got Fulham. So we think he's out for Fulham, and you, you've got to probably rule him out for the twentieth of August, which is, Spurs. which is Spurs away. Yeah. So you yeah. think the very earliest possible, he may be available potentially if everything goes according to plan for Newcastle on the twenty eighth. Yeah, unless there's a some sort of remarkable, miraculous recovery, I, I imagine he misses those three games certainly. Yeah, as yeah. you say. Um, and then yeah, you look at it, you know, really um, the individual rehab and, and how he sort of reacts to the rehab. Uh, the, the good news is there's no surgery involved, which of course it would have been a lot longer if there was. Um, but yeah, you look at the sort of individual, sorry, reaction, which is you know six weeks plus if it's any worse than than, than a month. So uh, yeah, I, as you say, I sort of uh, diverted to the injury news rather than what your question was originally. That. Um, well, I'm saying, is it, is it a disaster? I mean, yeah, from, yeah, it well. is a disaster. Is it? I mean, look, Wolves will field at 11 on a week on Saturday at Leeds, and it'll be very, very competitive. Whether or not we see a striker in and starting by then is a completely another matter that we'll come on to in a minute. But when you when you when you lose or sorry loan out your 30 million pound plus signing to another team. Knowing, knowing that Wolves are going to sign it, they des- they need to sign a second striker. They're going to do it with Raúl fit and playing. The fact that you've now lost him and lost him for the start of the season, it's nothing short of a disaster, isn't it? Well, they they've been absolutely battered Wolves by some terrible, terrible bad luck in that he's got injured in the first place. Um, in some ways, you can look at that and say that you can't account that he's going to pick up an injury in pre-season. Equally. I think we've all said from the beginning that the that the, the squad needed depth and needed additions, um, and, and we said in the, in the videos over in Spain that every week that goes by without bringing a striker in is running a risk because either Raúl doesn't hit the ground running in the season or mm. he picks up an injury, and of course the latter's the latter's happened. So um, you you run a major risk by by not bringing a striker in early, um, and what it comes down to really is the way the Wolves do business. And I think we've spoken about this a lot, um, but just to reiterate to. 20 supporters that they need to hear it is that they are going to bring a striker in um they are look they've been working on it since fabio's gone and and, and of course we're working on it now well, um, well they've been working on it before fabio left though Kino. i think that's why a lot of the fans are frustrated because because a lot of people would expect when fabio left in the first place before raul's injury that they would have someone ready to bring in and the fact that they didn't i think shocked quite a few mm. um well, well but with raul there with with Raul there, then it's fine. You've you've got that. You've still got that time, even when the season commenced, where you could still bring that right, the right person, even if the season already started. But now, not doing that previous is is becoming even more worrying, isn't it? Mm, mm. Well, Bruno wanted to strike, didn't he? Back in mm. I think January, he mentioned it. They tried to get Kiefer Moore in the summer as well. Um, so you know he he certainly wanted a striker, regardless of whether Fabio was here or not. Um, and, and they've been working on it for for some time. The um, and this isn't me saying as an excuse for, for why they haven't brought one in. This is the reality of how they work. Um, they won't rush to bring a player in, even after Rao's injury. They won't now bring a player in, you know, just any old player because Rao's got an injury. They would much prefer to start the season with either Huang, if he's fit in time, uh, Neto or Pedence playing as a striker, or Morgan Gibbs White as a false nine. They'd rather play one of those and start the season there for two, three, four weeks and bring the right player in before the window ends 
than bring a player in early who isn't the right fit, who's not going to be the right player for the squad just because they need a striker. Um, there's two ways of looking at it. One, it, it, you know, from a f- purely footballing sense of uh, point of view, and probably f- financial as well, actually, it makes sense that you want to bring the right player in who's going to fit the system and fit the, the group and needs a bit of time to work with Bruno to get up to speed, etc., etc. But equally, you now are having to shoehorn a player into a position that they're not used to, um, or they're certainly not suited to anyway. Um and they're just running a risk because there are there are, there are points to be won early in the season because Wolves are more than capable of winning all three games and they're more than capable of losing all three games. But they've got a great opportunity there to have a good start and, and they need that good start as well. So um, it, it's just running a risk with every week that you don't bring someone in. But I, at the same time, I understand the point of view in that it has to be the right player and that's the way Wolves have always have always ran. And the vast majority of the signings they've made have been hits. You know, they can always pick out a few misses, but for the most part, it's worked. Um, you've just got to hope that whoever it is that gets you on into the position for the first couple of weeks, if they can't bring someone in, in time, of course they still might, but if they can't, then you've got to hope that that person um, you know, does the job or, or the players around them can can get them through it, basically. Well, Liam, you're talking about a player. Surely now it's players. Surely they need two forwards in. You know, you talk about one prior to um, one potentially two before Raul don't they need to get two in now or do you think that one will be enough when you say four do you mean sort of number nine or you talking well, I'm talking about strikers three? or people who play across the front line themselves yeah. I mean, there's always that talk of you know even if Raul was fit that they needed to bring one in so surely with Raul out uh, uh, missing up to a month hopefully it's shorter but could be longer as well let's be honest um, don't they need to bring two in not just not just the one I think um, I would be surprised if they brought in two strikers, to be honest, because Raul, his injury is not as um, as severe as you know it could have been, uh, certainly. So he'll be back fairly quickly. Um, and there are probably other priorities in the squad after you've brought one striker in for, for positions. I mean, I would argue a central midfielder and probably a full-back uh, ahead of a second striker. So... Um, with the way that the clubs run in terms of, you know, the self-sufficient model, you know, that we've spoken about before, I'd be surprised if they brought in two strike, uh, particularly two sort of first-team starting eleven challenging ready strikers. I'd be surprised if they brought two, and I really would. Now the now the obviously the the go-to regarding players has been abroad. Um, everybody knows that, uh, mainly Portuguese over the last few years. Uh, I've written a piece today. It was just a quick speculative piece, but. Um, do you think, especially with the star and, and the, like you say, the, the, the kind of on paper, in inverted commas, kind start to Wolves this season, that could set the precedent of where where they are going to go and what they're going to achieve this season. I just wonder with the timing of this Raul injury to bring someone in, if they're going to bring a striker and a starting striker in, who's going to come in and, and hit the ground running, whether they will look to go and whether this is this is a potential starter or not. And we we understand that the the Mendes links are, are, are incredibly strong and the majority of players that have signed have had Mendes links. But could you see them going with someone who's got Premier League experience or scored Premier League goals, who knows you know, what it takes at this level rather than bringing in someone such as, OK, it didn't work out for him, a William Jose on loan for a season that just didn't look anywhere like anyone likes scoring. And I think he struggled to adapt 
regardless of the fact of his stature and the size and, and maybe a bit of a like-for-like and, and a bit of a change for Raul, it didn't work. So could you see them going into, a, OK, they might have to pay a bit more unless they can get a loan deal gone to someone who scored goals in the Premier League? Well, they've just done it by bringing a player in, um, in Nathan Collins, who's not a, a Mendes client. So it's it's you know it's not within the rounds of possibility that they're going to bring a player in like that. It's not impossible. Um, but you know, looking at your piece from today that you that you've done, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I really do, be, purely because, as you just said, the the time constraints that you've got. Um, the issue is, uh, I think a lot of clubs are like this, not just Wolves, but the way that Bruno works and I think the way that Wolves will like to sort of build their philosophy and their style, whichever striker does come in, they're going to take a few weeks to get ready anyway. So I would hedge my bets to say if they brought a striker in today, they may not even start at Leeds because they, unless they have played in a very similar sort of style and system before, because I do really feel that Bruno would want to give them a few weeks in training at, at, at least. Um, but I do think it makes sense to bring a player in that could, um, that would that would be used to the sort of rigors of the of the Premier League. Um, and from a purely perspective point of view, looking at your piece, uh, Brozier for me is the standout there. I mean, I think I think he'd be an excellent signing. Uh, of course, West Ham have tried to sign him permanently. I, I don't think Chelsea are massively keen on letting him go, so it's probably unlikely. Um, I, I would imagine if, you know, financially he might be out on on a fair bit of uh, on a fair bit of money as well. But a player like that, I think, would be ideal, particularly as a loan player. Because you're not, you know, you put sticking your neck out there and, and, and signing a player when you've got Fabio yet to come back, and of course he scored on his uh, on his debut for Anderlecht. So a loan would be ideal, I think, and a player like like Brozier would sit would uh, would would suit the system really well, I think. Um, yeah, of course, and look, as I said, kind of in the piece and also in the past, that if you're looking at the likes of your Liverpools and your Man Cities and your and your Chelsea's of a striker who you want to experience, you want to increase their their market valuation while scoring goals, you're also taking points off your rivals as well. And with no you know disrespect to Wolves, the likes of your Chelsea's, your, your Man Cities and these kind of play, teams, they're not going to be in and around where Wolves are going to be this season, you wouldn't have thought. So it's only going to help them even more. Now, look, it might be a substantial loan fee, and of course, it will be a substantial, probably a lot bigger substantial loan fee than what Southampton paid for Broher last season, because he's obviously he's gone there, he scored goals, okay, he tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season, but that wasn't entirely his fault. So, so the, a loan deal makes a lot of sense for Wolves, especially with the the Fabio Silva situation and not taking a place away from him when he returns, hopefully, you know, invigorated and, and scored a gluckful. I'm sure he's going to score a gluckful in in this, um, you know, in the. Um, in that, in that league but I mean let's say let's obviously it's happened and Fabio Silva went last week if Fabio Silva was still on the verge of going and hadn't gone yet but was about to seal a deal and that round injury came in he wouldn't have gone would he? I don't think I don't think you can let him go if he's still at the club mm. um, I think the reasons for letting him go before you brought a striker in albeit I totally understand fans that are, that that say, look, you've got to bring a replacement before you let him go. You've got to have someone lined up. I, I understand that point of view. From a, a footballing sense and sort of developing him, the reasons being that obviously the Anderlecht, uh, to the Belgian league, sorry, started started earlier. He's had his debut the, the weekend just gone. I think for for him, and, and, and not for the benefit of Wolves, but to, for him to send him out and give him you know a week or so or two weeks training and then 
uh, be ready for the start of the season. Of course, he comes off the bench and scores. That's worked out pretty well in terms of a loan deal, and it's worked out pretty well for him, and hopefully he goes on and scores loads this season. But had he been at the club still when Raul got injured, I think it's I think it's impossible to let him go because... Um, if you've got the player there, you have to you have to play him and you have to use him. Um, and, and God forbid, let's imagine it was a much worse injury to Raul and Fabio was still at the club. He probably doesn't go on loan, does he? He probably doesn't go anywhere. He probably starts most weeks, um, mm. which probably isn't great for his development and probably isn't great for Wolves because I think he needs this loan. So um, I'm actually, it might be a strange thing for fans to hear, but I'm actually pleased that he's gone out on loan before all this has happened because... He wouldn't have got the loan otherwise, and I don't think it would have been the best thing for him or Wolves. Um, I think having the year away and yeah. Wolves bringing a striker in from elsewhere, I think is going to be the 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 best thing for all parties. They've just got to bring that striker in, and it's going to be a a painful few weeks for to be on Twitter. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> if uh, if a striker doesn't come in soon, but you know, as I tweeted already, I'll be surprised if it's you know imminent. It's it's um, they they're going to take their time to get to get the right player. Um, just to just to clear a question up, um, have they got a recall option with Fabio in January or not? Uh, see, I believe the way it works is that um, is that yeah, you can only re- recall within uh, transfer windows. So, so okay. yeah, they, they would be able to bring him back in um, in January unless there's something very specific in that loan deal that, that stops it. But I'm not aware of that being the case. Yeah, and of course you've got the situation regarding the World Cup this year. So it's a, actually a very a relatively short it's not halfway through the season is it to get to get to november the i think it's november the 13th november the 12th 13th that yeah, weekend yeah. where everything finishes then you've got the world cup and we resume again on december the 26th on boxing day and then you're in the january window so actually the amount of time that you've got is is a lot shorter of a of a window than what you would normally have now it's fast and furious the game so from a from a from a fixture perspective, it, there's not too many changes, but there's going to be a lot more games for Wolves. At the, you know, when they come back from January onwards, and it is going to be le- leading up to the World Cup. It's almost like a, a mini season, isn't it, between now and um, now and November, which would be an yeah. interesting way of of looking at it because I think if Wolves can get a decent a decent start. They can set themselves up for maybe some business in January and maybe and maybe sort of pushing on. Um, it'd be interesting how they how they get on, but they you know. They have to bring a striker in. I keep going back to it because it's just so, it, it is just so important. They have to bring a striker in. Yeah. And I, I have to reiterate the point to fans who are, who are you know, understandably going to be upset about the fact that you know Rouse injured and they haven't got a recognised striker in the team. Um, I'll phrase it this way: Would you rather bring in William Jose today and he doesn't suit, the system, <laughs> does, you know, doesn't doesn't set the world alight, which is a nice way of putting it, um, or would you rather bring in? the right player in three weeks time from now and that player goes on and scores I don't know 10 Premier League goals this season let's put it that way I think everyone in hindsight or if they were given that option beforehand but knew the sort of guarantee what was coming they would take the second option but I can understand the panic amongst fans because there isn't a recognised striker in the squad and you've got two friendlies coming up and then Leeds and well, you know, I, I, you've, you've got to have a good start. You know, we both got the email from Wolves last night, and uh, I know you were a bit nervous because you're penciled in to start against Forense on Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> to see how that one goes. As long, um, well, to be fair, Conor Ronan's got a great sort of crossfield ball. So, if I, if I get into the right areas, oh, I think I'll no. be okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, look, we we're spending a lot of time on this, but it, it is, it is, of course, the, the main, the main. Um, 
topic this podcast it has to be so i make you know no apologies for um maybe not not going on to quite a few of the other talking points that we've got because this is this is incredibly important look with the season just around the corner this is what everybody's talking about and quite rightly so but we're going to move on in a little bit but just to kind of go full circle i think we've assessed and talked about pretty much every option here with the forward line you you mentioned liam that even if Wolves were to bring a striker in sooner rather than later, it's unlikely that they will probably start at Leeds. So that we let's go back to what Wolves have got at this moment in time. And I'll give you three, actually potentially four names, five names. Who could you see playing as a as a false nine or, or someone who would be maybe in the middle of a front three? So I guess the names are Daniel Pedence, Pedro Neto, Morgan Gibbs White. We haven't seen him yet this this preseason because he's been injured. But as as the reports uh, came out yesterday, he is back in training, and I assume that we'll probably see him this weekend. Huang He Chan, and I'm going to put one more into the mix. And again, I mean, you talk about forwards with question marks. I mean, Adama Traoré's got more question marks about him than anyone. But he remains with this Wolves squad. We, again, we have not seen him yet. Whether we see him this weekend or not, I'm not too sure either. But joined the joined after getting scans at Barcelona, started training again, and has, and has played up front before. I mean, look, you remember the Manchester City games and stuff. So out of those five, can you see... Two questions. One, could you see all five in the squad? Not saying all, probably three of them starting or four of them starting against Leeds and which is the most likely that you could see starting as that figurehead so first question my answer mm. is yes uh, I think Wolves would, would like to move Troy on and get some some money back um, if they can but there's been little to no interest um, surprisingly actually for what would be you know certainly a cut price deal for what he was worth only probably 18 months ago um, I think yeah because of that lack of interest, unless something heats up very quickly, I think he probably um, is certainly around for the first game and probably makes the bench, provided he's fit, of course. Um, and I'm going to go so far as I'm, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and I reserve my right to change my mind here if we see something different in Portugal. Uh, but I'm, from what we've seen in Spain and from what we've seen from the, the games and, and, and the training and everything, I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and, and give you the formation they're going to play against Leeds right now. They're going to play a 4-3-3. Oh, Bruno. They're going to play a 4-3-3. Okay. And they're going to play a front three. Well, no, of... give me the front, give me the back four first. Don't, don't give me that. And <laughs> no give chance, me, me... <laughs> there, is no, there is no way on earth I'm going to stick my neck out on the bottom. Oh, the okay, okay. Yet. All right, big man. All right, Bruno. Give me time to sort that one out. Uh, there'll be a 4-3-3, and it'll be a front three of Gibbs, White, Pedence, and Neto. Yeah. And ne- Pedence will line up. Interchanging, do you think? So, so wait, say again. Interchanging, do you think? Exactly. So the words right out of my mouth. Mm. I think uh, Pedence will sort of line up officially as that number nine, but it will be yeah. very much interchanging, flowing. Morgan will come central. Gibbs, uh, sorry, uh, Pedence will move out wide. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's how they'll. I think that's how they'll play it. Um, and uh, I can't wait for the next podcast, which of course will be the week leading up to the game, when I'm going to change my mind and say they play five two three. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's um, it is worrying though, isn't it, mate? Like, is the, I mean, look, the recruitment is obviously getting absolutely pounded at this moment in time. 
you talk about Bruno talking about wanting three, four players in, and this was months ago. So you've got to, and I know it's not as easy as that, but at the same time, surely, surely, not even the most pessimistic of fans slash maybe recruitment department thought they would only get one over the line, which is, you know, okay, my God, it's a, it's a massive step up. We've seen what he can do from, from you know, Sace and, and that he's going to be integral to this Wolves side, hopefully for many years to come. But to only get one for one at this stage of the season is is, is a shocking, isn't it? I think... Um... There's, uh, by the way, I agree that they, they should have more in and I'll come on to that. But I think just to add to that, there's a couple of other players and positions that have sort of um, been additions without being additions, if that makes sense. I think Ruddy's gone out the door and Sarkic has stepped into being number two. Um, that covers that that position, that area. It, it's I know he was already a Wolves player, but it's essentially a like for like in that they've brought a young lad in who, by the way, I think, I think looks really good as well. So um, that's one. I think Gibbs White is obviously, despite the interest in him from elsewhere, is obviously a massive starter and favourite under Bruno. I think that's clear. Bruno's a big fan of him, wants him to stay. And at the moment, Wolves have got no interest in letting him go unless there is a ridiculous offer on the table. So him coming in, again, you know, he wasn't with the squad last year, but he isn't a new signing. So fans don't see it as a new signing. And I'm not going to describe it as a new signing because I know the pouters are going to get online. But... Um, Having bringing the bringing that player in and, and him being such an integral part of the squad, it does make a difference as well. So, albeit they're not new signings, there are a couple of other um, additions. Is probably the way to to phrase it. But I have to agree with you at the same time that whether I thought they would have done or not, they do have to bring more players in, and they, and they should have done before the season started. Um, they've let Hover go out on loan, and of course, Samedo's still coming back from injury. They probably need a fullback in my in my mind. I think. Chiquinho's injuries thrown a massive spanner in the works there because he would have been sort of an auxiliary makeshift uh, wing back or full back mm-hmm. um, if if they needed it, and of course he's he's now out for a while. Um, I still I've been saying this since last summer that they need a central midfielder, and need a, a different option. I still feel like a proper number eight is probably the the position. Well, that's what I was going to say to you as well. I, I was going to say to you that like you talk about um, we talk about, and we, of course you've got to concentrate on the striker point of view, but let's let's not. Let's not, um, you know, completely wash aside the glaring errors. One in midfield, and and, and two potentially, like you say, a fullback. One of the pieces that I wrote, I'm not going to carry on about it, but like one of those players, which I thought could could potentially work and is available at a cut price. Cut price, it's still expensive. Seventeen million pounds to sign him for is is Maxwell Corner, who who can play as a, as a central striker. He's played as a lone striker for Burnley. He's played as part of a two where he can play him just off a main striker. He can play anywhere across the across the front three. But the reason why I've said this as well is because he's also, and did for Burnley, who of course Nathan Collins knows him very, very well, has played at left wing back for Burnley. Now, if you're looking at cover and you're looking at Semedo not going to be available and Johnny being able to move on to that right-hand side, that gives you another option as well. Okay, I know Aignori is, is an attacking left wing back, but as an emergency left wing back, if you need Johnny, let's say you lose Semedo, so you've got to have Johnny on that right hand side, it gives you that extra bit of cover as well at full back. So if you move one across to the other side, I'm, I'm just speculating. Um, but but yes, exactly what you say, Liam. Full back with, with, with that, you know, with that, with, um, uh, with Hoover going out and also midfield, both, again, very important areas to fill. And on corner, I mean, it's it's unlikely and it's not like us to be agreeing so often, but I could not agree more once again. Um, 
I think, yeah, that, that kind of versatility in a player. And by the way, that's probably the kind of player Wolves are going to be are going to want to bring in. They're going to want to bring in yeah. a player who can um, cover or at least be an option for for different positions. Um, and, and Cornet's only 25. Mm-hmm. He, so same age as me, which means he's you know young, sprightly. Chicken. Means he likes to get out, likes uh, to get out on the pissing door in the door. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he's um, and I like what I saw from him last season. So I think he'd be he'd be for seventeen million. I think it's a if that if that is the accurate price. I think that's actually a pretty decent deal. It's not cheap, but it's um, I think for what you're getting is pretty decent deal. So. Again, it, it, that would be something I, I would look at personally. Um, but yeah, yeah, as as you said, they there are positions here alongside striker that need uh, that need addressing. And I think the thing with midfield, it's it's a real weird one with midfield. I think a lot of people go back and forth with it because, and I still think they need a proper number eight, someone who adds something a bit different to to that midfield. And then you go and watch Wolves play. I know that it's pre season. I'm totally aware of that. But you go and watch Wolves play. Uh, against Alaves and, and Besiktas and, and Neves and Moutinho are absolutely sublime in, in midfield. Um, the issue is you're going through a 38-game season and you're potentially relying on those two and Dendonka. Kundal may get a loan, so you may not even have him as an option. Um, of course, Jordao isn't, isn't part of the, 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 uh, the ideas uh, under Bruno. So um, I think you're just taking, again, I have to come back to the word risk. I think you're just taking a risk to trying to go through the full season um, both their injury records, or if you include Dendonka in that, are all pretty good. Um, but all it takes is is one freak accident or incident, and um, you know you're missing a player for two, three months or, or more. And if that happens in September, you know Wolves are in a, a pretty difficult position. So um, I, I do think they need the addition there, and they need probably a um, another fullback, unless. You're going to play wing backs, and maybe one of the wingers can can fill in there. But it's it's very much ifs and buts because I think they need signings and they need to bring in a few more. But I think we will see that before the the uh, the window ends, they will bring in uh, a few more players. It's just that Wolves don't work quickly in these uh, in these markets, which of course fans don't like. And we haven't even discussed Morgan Gibbs White, who's been great, but yet to sign a new deal. We haven't even discussed Ruben Neves, who's been great who's yet to sign a new deal. I mean, these are players who have obviously been touted for moves. It hasn't materialised yet, but you can't completely, although maybe injuries and the way that squad is now, maybe you can, but could can you completely rule out a massive bid that comes in where they cannot turn that kind of money down? And we mean you've been saying this all along, and particularly with Nevers, but I think you're right. It, it really applies to both of them because with Gibbs-White, they've got no interest in selling him, but if... Forest, who by the way have been throwing some serious money around, I tell you um, what, <laughs> paying some silly wages as well. Let's be—I mean, let's put it frank. Um, so that you know, they're not afraid to to get the checkbook out. If if they come in and and, and decide, look, we really want Gibbs White, we're going to throw ridiculous money at it. Um, ju- as we've been on air, Everton, by the way, have signed Dwight McNeil from Burnley. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So, yeah. are they going to want Gibbs White? Then may they may not go back in for him now. Obviously, they were there for him before. And they? Big so, Ruben back in the Premier League as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, the the biggest worry is that you get to I don't know August twenty eighth. Yes. And Man United, Barcelona coming for for Neves, and they and they're willing to pay I don't know, pluck a number out of my head seventy million. Yeah. Forest come in and they're like, we'll pay forty million 
forgive yeah. me, right? And I, I, you know, it's, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but that's the that's the concern because if that kind of money gets thrown around and the player is keen on the move, it's Wolves in a very difficult position, massively and if, difficult. And, if, and if they let just one of them go, but let, let's say it, let's say it's a total disaster, and this twenty eighth of August doomsday that I've just drew, uh, dreamt up in my mind happens, uh, and they both go. I mean that that's going to be a busy few days to bring some players in because they they really would need it. Um, I, I, I to be honest, I, I, my gut tells me they both stay and and that they um, they both have a very good season with Wolves. But it's just really the intentions of the other clubs that should concern um, fans really because as I say, if one of them comes in with with silly money that's difficult to turn down, Wolves are going to really have to assess their options. Sixteen games it is in total till they get to the break. From speaking to people, from hearing, you know what we what we did at training camp, I feel as if Liam, and you can tell me if I'm completely wrong here, they're almost treating this in as two seasons. This 16 game season, this 22 game season, and there's kind of an insinuation that that January and the winter break could be key. This isn't just a one stop shop in in the summer where they've got to get their business done. A lot of this business can also spill over. Into January, um, a wolf, do you think Wolves will be assessing this, and the and the recruiters will be assessing, and and you know, and Fosin and Jeff and and Scott and everyone else who's who's you know dealing with players and players coming in, players leaving in this sixteen game season, with with obviously movements happening in January. I think Wolves will be very active, and it's easy to say this now. They're like, oh, don't you say that about bloody January? I think there'll be I think there'll be a lot of deals. That could get done between now and September the first, but with a spillover through until January twenty twenty three, um, where a lot of subsequent deals could be could happen. If that makes sense, depending yeah. on whereabouts they are in this um, in this season, how they are going. And I think they're seeing this as a as a sixteen game season to start with, and then let's see where we are in terms of squad, in terms of position, in terms of want, in terms of need. Yeah, I think it's a really important point actually, because uh, and I sort of hinted at it a bit earlier in the podcast actually talking about sort of the yeah what is essentially a, a sort of mini season in its own between now and uh, and November. I think it's it's easy to forget how long that break is for the World Cup. That those those six weeks is a big chunk of the uh, of the year. And as you say, you go from second week in November to Boxing Day uh, is, is the is the break. So. By the time you're back, you're. I believe there's no game on the. There's no game on the sort of 28th, 29th as well, uh, of December. They've. they've no, it's the Everton on the Everton on Boxing Day away. Oh, can't wait for that trip. Um, <laughs> and then, and then Man United on on New Year's Eve on the 31st. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they they've made a change, haven't they, in the Premier League this year to not have that game. I think it might just be, yeah. just be because of the. Um, because of the, the World Cup, I think it's just a one-off. But um, so you, you know, it very you know, it'll creep up on you that that January very quickly. Mm. Um, and um, and I think that's a really important point because, albeit sixteen games is massively important to a Premier League season, and you you can't you know you can't have those first sixteen games off. You certainly can't. You have to you know you have to try and win every game you can. But I would look at it this way. Um, Albeit it's a very extreme circumstance with Newcastle because they had the the big takeover and they brought you know, a few players in, but they, I don't think they bought particularly well. I mean, Chris Wood scored what one, two goals, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, those first fourteen games, they were I think what bottom or, or second bottom. Um, mm-hmm. Newca- uh, Newcastle. They finished 
11th, one place behind Wolves. Um, you can have... Uh, I don't think Wolves will. I think they've been looking very good in pre-season. I think they'll have an well, okay let's be start. Honestly, you can, falls, you can second... have a... You know, it, it's a massive chunk of the season, don't get me wrong, but you can recover from January onwards if, if, if it comes to that, if Wolves need to. And I do believe, and I think you're right, that, that a lot of deals will spill over into that January and we may see some more movement with potential outgoings and incomings with Wolves that spill into that as well. If, if Wolves are second bottom come uh, going into the World Cup, they're probably going to have to have a different manager. Is what you? Oh, I was using that as a very extreme example. Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think Wolves will be. Of course, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think it's it's really an extreme example of how things can be turned around quite quickly or how changes can be made. Yeah. And I think with that big gap as well in between, I think that's actually that that makes it even more important mm. coming in, coming in, going into January. So. Um, yeah, I think it will just be heightened that that sort of turnaround that a club can have. I think Wolves will be. Look, I know fans are very concerned about uh, depth and, and whatever, but I, I do think Wolves will will have a decent season. Whether they get tenth or above, whether they improve on that, I don't know. Um, I can only say more. Really, want to see their the, the sort of form that they they slip into. But what we've seen in preseason, I think they've looked excellent. And um, if they can get rattled rattle back fairly quickly, bring a couple more players in, I think they'll be okay between now and, uh, and November. Yeah, they've just got to have a plan, don't they? And they've got to have a plan. And you know, from the outside looking in, sometimes when you when you look at the way that they've been left so short, you 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 sometimes question that if you're fans, and I can completely understand that. But if you're Bruno and Jeff, and I think there's been, you know, Bruno came into this club and was there was obviously glaring, um, you know, gaps in the squad that he needed to improve on, and was kind of vocal about that. And I think since he's He's kind of maybe maybe works a little bit closer with Jeff and kind of understand the frustrations, how difficult it is to get players in there, and they're maybe singing from the same hymn sheet. But there will definitely be a um, a frustration that they haven't got deals done so far, and that they need to get deals done imminently for them to be competitive going into this season. Uh, but if if it is this sixteen game season, this twenty two game season, and going into January and being able to sign players. They've got to see it through together as a plan because if you do get someone else coming in, they're going to have a completely different set of way they want to play, the way that they want, the players they want, the budget they want, and you almost have to start from scratch, and that's dangerous. So you've got to almost be be fully in it together for for something to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a fair that's a fair way of putting. It. I think Bruno's uh, done a very good job with what he's what he's had um, so far. To be honest with you, as well. Um, just a, a quick point as well on the. The sort of mini season and sort of deals spilling over into January. Um, I sort of forgot to mention that that's really one of a few reasons and a big reason why Wolves, you know, the people at Wolves right now are not all panicking and all mm. massively concerned. Um, of course, they're not going to be happy that they've lost Rally Minister injury and they haven't got another striker in, but there isn't a, a panic that they're going to, you know, they're going to lose their first six games and Bruno's going to be sacked. You know, there's a they're they're still you know optimistic and confident as, as to what this squad can offer and, and albeit this is a separate point to the striker situation Bruno has been very 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 pleased with what he's seen in pre, in preseason so yeah. far he's got it it gone so well it, it's gone very well and I think the players have proven to him that they can play in a four at the back uh, formation as well and and my understanding is that you know Bruno w- would like to to have the options available to him in terms of formation so you've got four. You, you can very quickly switch into a five. Let's not forget what we saw last year that they Wolves were fairly quick to adapt depending on the uh, on the opposition and how they would like to hurt them or how they want to defend against them. So it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves do chop and change with formations. Um, but Bruno's been very pleased with what he's seen, and I think that you can't 
albeit there's an issue with strikers and, and probably the size of the squad, I don't think you can play down how well they have played, how well they've looked going forward and how happy Bruno has been with them as well because there's a real sort of good... Uh, Team spirit amongst the amongst the group, and um, and they're all performing really well. And there's been a lot of standouts. No apologies made for 40 minutes discussing everything that's going on. But I think I think to be honest, that that's the most important you know topic to discuss at this moment in time. We're going to go on to go on to questions in a minute. Um, thanks, Liam. It was uh, that's enlightening and, and very very. Um, look, it's it's nervous times, and let's let's hope that they get someone in sooner rather than later. I cannot wait. For a starting front four at Leeds, Liam, I'm declaring it now. The starting front four at Leeds will be three, four, Gibbs White, Neto, Pedence, and Big Willie Bolly. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> Big Willie Bolly up front at Leeds. Oh dear, here we go. The Warnock days are, are back. Um, right, first, uh, coming, coming on to the most important part of the show got a new sponsor baby we've got a new sponsor got a new sponsor for the new 2022-22-23 season do you want to know who it is I'm all ears it's Kettle and Toaster Man baby it's Kettle and Toaster Man kettleandtoasterman.co.uk get yourself to that website great fantastic shop in Briley Hill Kettle and Toaster Man small family run business that supply graded and refurbished domestic appliances They've established for over 20 years and they pride themselves on finding the best deals for the general public. Their aim, as it always has been, is to supply electrical appliances at wholesale prices direct to the public. At Kino, I've been on this site, mate, honestly. There's some, there's some great little, um, if you need to buy a little present for, the old, for yourself, for the missus, for anything, then I think it's the way to go. Now, I cooked for you in I cooked for you in, in the dorm in the dorm of Benny, and um, I know you're not the the best cook in the world. Let's say that's, that's fair to say, right? Um, to be fair, I'm actually decent, but I I'm certainly not as good as uh, my better half. I'm afraid. Can I give you one thing that will make you loved in your household? It will put you back to the top of the tree. I need it, mate, desperately. Okay, here we go. It is. And this this changed my life last year, I must admit. An air fryer, mate. An air fryer, oh my goodness. Absolutely stunning. Chips, you know, and you're a healthy eye. You put some chips in there. I'm saying that, I did see your chips in Benidorm, which were ridiculous, that plate in that restaurant, by the way. Yeah, that was way too much. If you cut, cut them yourself, you stick them in the air fryer, mate. None of this, none of this, you know, massive frying, 80% horrible dredged in fat. 20 minutes, you put them in, you put them in the drawer, you press air fry, and they are crunchy as and 90% less fat. They are incredible, delicious, tasty, crunchy. I do a little bit of, in my air fryer, I do a little bit of um, chicken, just like breast chicken, okay? I put them in a little bit of egg white. You can buy the egg white now at the store. So you do that, put a little bit of egg white. Then I put them in like a little crunchy, crunchy coating, crunchy coating. So it's, and then put them to the side, let them relax, stick them in the air fryer. It's better than KFC. It's unbelievable. 20 minutes. The, the easiness of it is that you put it in the drawer, you stick it in, you press one button, 20 minutes later, done. Crispy as. Chop them up in a little bit of pita, a little bit of garlic sauce, a little bit of tzatziki. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Mate, we've got loads of air fryers here. Kettle and Toaster Man, they are your people. They've got ones for, they've got double air fryers, they've got single air fryers. They have got 
Uh, you can you can grill a rotisserie rotisserie chicken on there. I mean, called the the one that I like, and I've been looking at these. The Tower Air Fryer Vortex, four point three liter. Kino, it's not eighty five pounds. It's not seventy five pounds. How much would you pay for it? Well, I did actually have one fairly recently, and it broke on me. Um, well, this this is proper decent stuff. So this is this is the timing on this is perfect. There you um, go. If you're going to tell me it's £65, I'm going to bite your hand off. It's 45 baby. You're it's joking. 45 I'm Stunned. You're stunned. having a laugh. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. £45. Um, KettleandToasterMan.co.uk. Make sure you get involved. Uh, we'll have plenty of different offers, appliances, throughout the next 38 weeks and beyond. So, there you go. Delighted to have our new sponsors on board. Right. Should we take some, some questions from the peeps, the beautiful people? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Here we go, sweetie. Sweating still, to be fair. Wow. This cold goes for Saturday. I'm dripping here, dripping. Okay, here we go. Um, answer says, do you think Nathan Collins could play centre-forward? Oh, God. Maybe centre-forward and centre-half in the same two-for-one. Jeff would be well up for that, I should think. I can't answer that, but I read it out, so there you go. Um, Rich says, is there a recall option on Campania? And what are the chances of him coming back for at least cover? Done pretty well in albeit a poor league. Uh, um, it's an in- yeah, it's an interesting question. It, I, I, it's a weird one with the MLS because obviously the the dates are, are different, aren't they? Um, so to be honest with you, off the top of my head, I'm struggling to to give you an answer. What I will say is, don't hedge your bets on him coming back and playing for Wolves. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I believe they've got an option to buy him as well over there. So um, yeah. Let's not be um, let's not be expecting Campani to come back, and I'll you know I'll eat my words if 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 I'm wrong. Let's not be expecting him to come back and be playing and scoring uh, for Wolves in the Premier League just because he's scored a couple of goals in America. There's loads of questions um, on the topics we've been discussing, so hopefully we've either answered before if we don't come to you, we've either answered those questions or I've asked the questions that you were thinking. So hopefully we we covered a lot in the last 14 minutes. Uh, Mike Parsons says. Uh, do you guys think we are in danger of relegation? Serious question that needs a serious answer. Personally, I think we are. It feels as if we are losing interest in their project. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'll take all the questions seriously. Uh, so I'll give you a serious answer. And I genuinely don't think so, no. Because I, I think there is far too much quality in the squad. Um, I think they're playing really well at the moment. I think they've got a lot of versatility. Um I will hedge my bets and say, look, I don't know whether they'll be able to improve on tenth or not, and and would probably, if I was to, if I was a betting man, would say they might be slightly below that. Um, but I genuinely don't think that they're, they're going to be going to be an issue uh, in any problem. Sorry, um, and I hope I'm right because I, you know, I don't think anyone needs that. And, and there isn't. Um, I've spoken about this a few times. I think he sort of implied uh, lack of interest in the project. I'm assuming that's sort of a, a an owner focusing kind of thing. We've been. I think I've been over this quite a few times. That they've got no intention of, of leaving. They're in it for the long haul. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so and and there's you know they haven't lost interest. It's just that they they run it a certain way, and that's the, the way it's going to stay. I think I think as as a, as a starting eleven, Liam, they're a top ten club. If it's a, the best starting eleven that's available, they're definitely a top ten side. But the yeah, rest yeah. of them, the periphery, the rest of the squad. I think is incredibly worryingly thin and 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 probably bottom three or four to be honest. Um, I think I mean, the, the defense is the defense is, the defense is okay, you know, because you've got you've got your central defenders, you've got you know you've got 
Collins, you've got, you know, you've got Bolly, you've got Kilman, you've got Cody, you know, you've got Gomez, you've got Mosquero. So, so central defense, defense wise is, is fine. But you go past that defense, midfield, who are your midfield backups? Who are your forward backups? That's, that's worryingly thin when it comes to a squad and looking to have two in for every position and being competitive. Take away that first starting 11, you, you, you're incredibly thin. Yeah, it just comes down to the, the issue with depth and quality and depth, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, we haven't I, played I, a yeah, game I yet. We've agree. lost two, two, you know, one long term, one all season, one, <laughs> one for potentially. I mean, he could miss if he misses eight games. That's twenty percent of the season already. We haven't even kicked a ball yet. You trying to scare me? Are you trying to get me to change my answer? I'm just, I'm just trying to say. It. I'm, I'm just, trying, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to explain to you that you can understand it. You know? Yeah, no, of course, no, and I, and I totally agree that the, the strength and depth is is is, is worrying definitely. Um, but I do think they've got too too much, even now, with with the lack of depth, to be in any trouble. And I hope I'm right. Okay, Lee Bradley says, considering the five subs this season, remember it is five subs, five Correct. substitutions you can make in three phases still, but five substitutions total. And the fact that Bruno has consistently asked for a bigger squad, do we think he has the full backing of Foson? And if the answer is yes, then why are we not addressing squad depth? Also, Neves' contract update. Yeah, um, it's yeah. There isn't really anything new with with Neves. Um, certainly, we'll, we'll we'll keep sort of plugging away with that and see where we are. Um, in terms of yeah, in terms of backing, it, yes, you know they back him as the manager because they want him to do well. They think he's the right man for the job. Um, if you're talking about backing, is as in they're going to go and do you know not in Forest. They're going to bring ten players in and, and you know give a player 180 grand a week and all this kind of thing. It's it's not going to happen because. <coughs> Excuse me, you've passed through the microphone. Your illness. Sorry, um, as I blow on my tissue. It's a lot of tissues here, by the way. Like there was left in Benny Dorm. Amazing. There's a lot of tissues on this desk. They. Uh, well, I bet there is. Um, <coughs> wow. Yeah, they, they've got a way of running it, and and, and the club that is, and, and that's the way that it's going to stay. Um, and they want to, you know, every manager wants more players. Bruno is going to want more players. That's that's the reality of of football. Um, but he understands the way that. The wolves are running the way and the way they work. And yes, they want to bring players in, but they're not going to they're not going to bring in you know ten more players, for example, to, if you're going to be dramatic. So um, it's not a case of they you know they don't back him. It's just the, it's just the way the clubs run. Uh, BT only says if we stay in a back four, then Cody's value drops by the week, and he probably doesn't get to play much. Likely knocking him for consideration for the England World Cup squad entirely. Would you have a discussion with him now and look together for a move this window? From a purely playing perspective, it's a really interesting conundrum with Cody because I think he's massively important on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, I do think he's a, he's, a, he's a very good player, but there's obvious question marks over whether you play him in a four and whether you've got stronger options or a stronger pairing elsewhere. Um, but then that aside, I think... You know, we've just been talking about squad depth, and then, albeit at centre back, they're pretty well stocked. We've been talking about squad depth, and then you're the, the next question is talking about selling a player. Um, I don't think you can let, let him go for several reasons. The biggest of them being he's been here a long time. He's the club captain. He's massively important to that dressing room, and a dressing room that has just lost a fair bit of experience as well um, in Marcel, Ruddy, and uh, and and Sice. So. Um, I don't see it as an option to let him go this summer. I think it's potentially a conversation if you're going to be if you're going to stick to four at the back and you're not going to play him um, because he'll want to play as well. So I think that that's a conversation to be had, but I don't think for this summer. 
Andrew John, do Foson have financial issues that are affecting the transfer policy? Um, well, they've obviously got the issues with the, the you know the forty billion debt and, and etc., which which is sort of long standing and goes and reaches back into all their different subsidiaries and however you want to however you want to look at it. But as I sort of looked at this before and I looked into the way that again the way Wolves are running and this is the way it always comes. You know, it, it's a bit of a repetitive answer, but it's it's the reality of they are running a self sufficient model and they essentially raise their own funds. Uh, there is money there because they've gone out and bought. Collins for twenty million, um, and and they didn't sell anyone to bring him in. So there is money to do that if they need to do it, but that is few and far between. For the most part, it is they generate their own revenue and they bring and they spend that revenue. So um, the reasons they they decided to run the club that way is to not get them into any to get Wolves into any financial uh, difficulties further down the line and to make it sort of. You know, safer, um, not to get the club in trouble. Equally, it probably doesn't give them the expansive, quick growth that some fans probably want. You know, you're not going to get necessarily top six next year, top four the year after, challenging to win the league the year after that. It's not going to work that way. Um, but equally, you're not going to be a QPR from what a decade ago when when they went out and spent ridiculous money and, and went down. You're not going to be a, a you know a Portsmouth or whatever else it might be. So. Um, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons, but it's um, it, it's the way they've chosen to run it, and um, yeah, that's the best answer I can give. I think. In your opinions, will a Ruben Neves be a Wolves player come September? Um, I think so. Yes, I think they they were expecting more interest in, in earlier in the window. It never materialised. The only issue, as we've already spoken about, is whether a big club comes comes in late on um, with a lot of money. But otherwise, I think I think he stays, and I think yeah, I, if he does, I think that's massive news as well. I think when we when we heard from him after Liverpool, it was almost I, I, I'd be stunned if he was still here. But he is, and by the way, look very happy as you do him. He's such a pr- true professional, you know, away with the team. Um, yeah, World Cup. Yeah, I think I think he does stay. I think he does stay. But you want him to sign that contract as well at the same time. You can't have a situation what you've got with Adama Traore, where it's just keep him. You know, going further and further away. You know, and, and you, you need him to sign that to to kind of lock in your profit for if you do sell him next summer. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing is is really the money the Wolves can recoup if he does leave, mm. which is you want to get one another deal at least, or at least mm. even if it's you know a, a couple year token two year, like yeah, yeah, exactly, you, yeah. You, I think you need that because you you want to be in a, in a strong position to to bring as much money in from as possible if. You know the situation arises that he leaves but, because if um, you've stopped him going, then it's different. But if there've been no real significant offers, if they said, "Look, Ruben, if we get X amount of money for you in the summer, then you can go," and he knows and his agent knows that they haven't got that, then you're not going to be frustrated with Wolves, are you? It's just that it's not happened. So exactly. So you're, you know, if you're like, okay, well, hasn't happened, but obviously we're welcoming with open arms. We're going to give you a new deal, you know, but you still got that. We still will let you go, you know, when we get that offer in. If it's next summer, then it's next summer. But stick with you. You've got a World Cup year. Concentrate on your club. Then, then enjoy starting for Portugal in the World Cup. And then we can look at it next summer. And by the way, we're going to give you a twenty to thirty grand a week more than what you want at this moment in time, just to lock in the profit and obviously benefit yourself and give you a bit more signing on fee. Happy days, really, isn't it? it suits everyone. You should get in the negotiations, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Easy, easy oh, work. Dear. Oh, dear. Right, uh, let's have a look. <laughs> Andy Smith says, could you revive the Ask Bully segment and see if he's available for the Leeds game? I could do a bully, couldn't you? 
Bully in line at the Ellen Road? I'm not sure Bully now with his knees, bless him, but I think... Um, no, not now, no. <laughs> I think Bully back in the day might do a job in this <laughs> squad. Oh, mate, you'd love to see it. Uh, Nev says, is Wolves' Twitter right or wrong about Wolves' transfer windows? It sounds logical that Silver doesn't go unless someone else comes in. A lot to blame on foes and sellers, etc. That's a really tough question for me to answer because I think um, I, I see it from sort of both sides of the coin in the job being obviously a fan of the club, but also the job I've got. But then equally within the job, seeing, you know, speaking to fans and then seeing the other side of it, how the club works, it's a really difficult one to answer because I think um, as a whole, Twitter is very dramatic and there's a lot of silliness that goes on, which we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. And that's just your account, exactly. Um, it's uh, so so that's sort of one part of it, which is which is almost a separate point, really. Um, particularly when you sort of come to the abuse and all that kind of nonsense that, that some people get, that's a sort of almost almost a separate point. But it it gets very dramatic. Um, yeah, and and I think that fans see it very sort of black and white, um, almost as if they're playing football manager. Yeah. Rather than it's it's the realities more, of the discussions and the yeah, it's a lot more and... complex, isn't it? Than than people sort of they think you know you let a player go and then you go right, I want him, and then you know you you press a button and he's you know he's signing you know <laughs> pens of paper, he's got number twenty seven on his back, and you know it's not the way it works. So um, I think that, yeah, I think it's a bit of both in terms of the right and wrong, or, or maybe I sit on the fence and say I don't think that necessarily there is a right and wrong because. Fans are entitled to have their opinions and be upset they haven't got A, B, and C. But equally, I don't think they have the full story either. So, uh, which I try and give as best I can. But there's only so many times I can say the same thing on the podcast, and then <laughs> you know, I'm just repeating myself. Uh, the amount of times I said self-sufficient, I'm gonna have nightmares, dream about it. Oh dear, we're superb. Um, Craig Seldon says, in your opinion, how many first-team additions do you expect Wolves to make before the end of the window? Oh. It's again a tough question, but I'll sort of um, hedge my bets and say I, I think they bring in, I think they bring in two more players. Okay, I'm going to say three. I was I, I was between two and three, and I would like yeah. three, but I'm going to I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's almost like your your order at uh, at uh, the Benidorm Bar on a Saturday night. Uh, I was between two and three drinks, but I bought six just in case. Yeah, six doubles, and I tell you what, they are strong. Doubles. Oh my god! I you mean, love to see it. Just free pause. Just, just no. There's none of this, uh, you know, like where they press it up on the, you know, the shelf, the little top market shelf. It's just the keep on point. I mean, you brought me that first. What did you get me? Was it like, um, like a vodka well, soda? Once it. Well, I asked well, for a vodka you, soda and dash of lemonade, and they were yeah. like, "No, nah, mate." You know. Yeah, they they because basically the the soda and the lemonade both came in bottles. Right. So they were like. She, she'd already given me the soda and I was like oh yeah I have a dash of lemonade in there because that's what you'd ask for assuming they had it on tap yeah. and, and, like, and oh, a fresh lime would be nice on the side as well, well. Yeah. and she was like, like oh, it, it comes in bottles so you'd have to just pay for two bottles just to have a dash and I was like well, I'm not doing that then so I was just like no so he brings this drink a long drink obviously with a, the, and there's a bit of the bottle in there but soda's been poured in fine I'll take a take a sip this is in the first bar they went to this what was it saloon bar was it saloon western bar? saloon western saloon bar which was deep Good crack, bit of live music, good crowd in, bit of a sing-along. Great, you know, very harmless fun. My God. I mean, it was literally 95% alcohol and 5% watered-down bit of soda. It was so strong. And it was like €6, €5 or something ridiculous. Yeah, 
and we still got through it. We got through it, baby. We got through it. I thought we were late coming back at 6am, but goodness me, fair play, Keno. <laughs> Saturday night. Um, right. Um, ba, 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 ba. Let's have a look. A few questions about Scott Sellers, which we kind of answered last week, actually, on the podcast. So if you haven't, then, then listen to that one. Jamie Rutherford says, given we've had such small squads, why is it like so Vitinha, Gonsalves and May, who have left and had success, would look back and think they've not been given a chance at Molyneux? Um, it's interesting. Um, I think the only one of those three that I could say wasn't given a chance was probably Goncalves for me. I think Vitinha was given a chance, didn't do it for me. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he was anywhere near worth the eighteen million that Wolves would have to spend on him. Uh, in hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you know he didn't do a good job when he was there. So I don't think that's, I don't agree with that one. Mir is an interesting one because he. Obviously had a lot of loans and then at Huesca sort of hit it off and, and got a few goals. And But he was given an opportunity to stay at Wolves that, that first summer when Bruno came in. Bruno was open to keeping him if he wanted to stay and gave him an opportunity. And he and he, he was his decision to go. Uh, and Wolves got a good fee for him, for him to go to Sevilla. So that one I can see. And then Goncalves, yeah, he had a, a couple senior games and then was was let go uh, and has turned out to, to, to do very well at, at Sporting. So he's the only one I can see really that is... Um, can probably say he wasn't given a chance. Um, yeah, I, I, the other two, I think, particularly Vitinha, were, were given opportunities, I think. OK, we'll get to the last, last three questions now, OK? Um, Ali Crow, do you think Bruno Large will remain happy at the club if no more signings are made? Could he decide to look elsewhere as he isn't being backed with what he wants slash desperately needs? Uh, as I say, every manager wants more signings. He, you know, he, of course, he is going to want more players, without a doubt. Um but I think you've got to also think about the position and the sort of dynamic between a club and a and a manager, and that this is still a very big job for Bruno. If Bruno decides to leave Wolves tomorrow, he isn't going to get into the Premier League job. I I, I personally don't think anyway. Um, so it's a case of he probably needs Wolves more than Wolves need him still, which for a club is the best way to have it. Uh, and and to be honest, it's probably partly the reason Nuno departed. Um, so yeah, they. Um, it's not necessarily. I would say look, he has to grin and bear it because I think he, I think he definitely understands how Wolves are running the position they're in, and he works very closely with the people in that sort of committee who bring the players in, etc. He works very closely with that, has a big say in that. Um, but he doesn't write the checks, e- e- yeah, equally. So. Um, there's got to be, there's got to be a little bit of perspective there as well. You know he's going to want A, B, and C, and you might only get A and B. Jay says, where does Jeff She live? <laughs> I, I mean, if I did know, I wouldn't tell you. But 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 I also don't know. So. Yeah, not to miss you, that's there anyway. Uh, Jeff, any chance of uh, some signings, please? I'd knock on the door with a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of milk in the old newspaper. I imagine that would go down well. Oh, it, be, well, it, be, it better be the Express and Star newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wolves podcast gave it out. You don't know. Um, <laughs> announced announced Taliska announced Taliska. What an account says. Um, assuming Wolves are now actively looking for two strikers, one to replace the injured Raúl. Do you prefer your marmite on hot slash warm toast or cooler cold toast? Well, the the first question is: Do you like marmite, Judah? Uh... I know it's kind of the classic. I love it or hate it. Um, I think it's okay. I don't I'm, mind it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm probably similar to you. I. 
a bit. It's I think very I like salty. it more. It's very salty. I like it more than what you're giving off. I do actually genuinely like it, but I don't okay. like, love it. So, but my answer would be warm. You put it's butter first. Oh on, no! On warm no, toast just and then marmite. marmite. Just marmite. Then, no, 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 no. Butter first, then marmite on top. Really? Every day of the week. Interesting. A lot of people asking what this front, the starting, the starting lineup against Leeds. You've said your front three that you think he you know. I won't push you on your back four yet. Um, let's have a look. Is it a reasonable request, says Wolves first, to actually hear something from she Sellers or Bruno? Obviously, Bruno didn't speak um, in pre-season in, in, in Alicante, so he's asking, you know, do, will we hear from any one of these three uh, before the start of the season, Liam? Yeah, in terms of in terms of Bruno, I genuinely right now speaking, I, I don't know whether he's doing anything after the games in, uh, in in Portugal. My instinct would be to say he probably won't be. Um, he didn't do anything last preseason before we um, sort of started the year, started the start of the season. So um, I suspect the first chance to speak to Bruno on record will be the uh, the. Uh, press conference sorry for uh, for Leeds so um, regarding the other two um, look I, you know I, I'm always sort of making myself available and speaking to the club and saying look I, I, I'm i there to do interviews and you know I, I don't decide if the interviews are get done and I would like to be able to do them and of course I've spoke to, to Scott and done an interview with him once already so um, hopefully I'll be able to bring something like that at some point but I don't know you know I don't you know the way it works I don't just ring them up and say look Let's have a chat tomorrow. So, yeah, you've got to put requests in and see how it goes. Um, and they do; they don't speak that frequently, particularly Jeff. Um, you know, it's not every two or three months. It's probably every six to a year, or maybe that's more towards Scott. So, um, hopefully, we'll have something. But you know, you can only you can only ask and see and see what you get. Um, last one then, Robbie. Question for Liam Keane. How confident on a scale of one to ten are you that Wolves are going to sign a striker? Uh, nine. Bef- before okay. September 1st. Before September 1st. Well, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, nine then, yeah. If you're going to say before the season, it'd be a lot lower, but... Uh, I'm, going say, yeah. I'm going to say 11. 11. They're definitely getting someone. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Why not? 100%. 100%. Um, right, so we go to two games in two days. We're back. We're back flying. Sporting Lisbon and Forense, back-to-back games. I mean, I've got to be honest, Liam. I think the last thing they need is to be go- probably the, the Bruno needs is to be going again way to Portugal um, with what's going on at this moment in time. But um, from a team-wise point of view, I assume and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they will probably see more of a of a first team on the Saturday and then more of a um, like we did, you know, from the behind closed doors game, more of a younger looking side on the Sunday with maybe the the, the guys who played. 15, 20 minutes at, um, uh, you know, towards the end of the game on Saturday will probably feature more heavily on the Sunday. But let's let's talk about Sporting Lisbon. It feels like it's been a long time in coming this Sporting Lisbon game with everything that's gone on um, and all the connections that the Wolves have had over the years with Sporting Lisbon. Uh, maybe, maybe they've got to go there to, to, to get a few deals done. You never know. Um, the Francisco Trincao derby, of course, as it's, uh, as, it's, as it's known these days. Do you think that the starting eleven that Bruno fields against Lisbon, obviously now without Raúl, will be the starting eleven that we will see or likely to see against Leeds a week later? I think it will be as as close as it can be. Yeah, I certainly, I, I really do because I think 
you need to get probably 60-70, well, probably 70 actually or above into the majority of those players um, as really a, you know, the, the, the final test before before Leeds. So I, I suspect, yeah, it, give and take injuries and, and where players are available, I think it will be the vast majority of it will be the team that, that starts at Leeds and it'll be fascinating to see how they line up, not just formations, but um, if it is a four, what two play at centre half and, and, and who plays a striker, of course. So um, and whether maybe you know Huang does does okay in in training this week after his uh, nibble that he's had, and he comes back in and plays. So it'd be yeah, it'd be really interesting how um, how they line up, and I, and I do think it'll be by and large what we see at um, at Leeds, unless there's a massive tactical difference in terms of formation. Yeah, you don't think this injury to Al will maybe even change the formation, do you? Interesting, um, because it's four to a back three. The, the, the only thing, the, the only thing that would make me think that that's a possibility is that Raul is very good, sort of defensively from set pieces and things like that. Um, and I can see Wolves being concerned about the lack of height and lack of aerial presence. And it's they a good may, point. It's a good point. Yeah, and they, and they may bring in either a back three, or you may even see a Mosquera or a Totti Gomez play at fullback. And have a taller, bigger defender in there to to give Wolves a bit more height, um, with the, with the, with with no row there. So I think that's the only thing that I could see changing potentially the formation, um, unless they see something in Leeds that they think they can either exploit or they need to be wary of, um, which means they have to change to to a four as well. So um, yeah, I think I think that's the only thing to look out for. But if he does start with a four against Lisbon. You've got to suspect that those two starting centre-backs will be the starting centre-backs at Leeds with whoever misses out will yeah, be th- the first choice of, of Bruno to start the season. I think so, I think if you're you know, if you're a betting man, the two that start at Sporting, I think you have to assume they're probably the two that start unless there's, again, any major... Any injuries, God forbid, but any... Oh, any uh, Can you imagine? I know. Any, any sort of tactical reason, again, looking at Leeds. Because they do... Not necessarily, you know, they won't necessarily change their whole because they have to look after what they do well as well. But they do look at what the opponent do, and they and they will at times change if they need to. So um, unless there's yeah, unless there's something tactical they need to change, then I think that's probably a safe bet. Right, that's it, mate. Thank you very much for for coming on on your day off. As you 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 you're a legend these days of the uh, of the peeps. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. I shall see you at Birmingham Airport, bright and early at four a.m. Uh, on Saturday we'll be giving you of course all the match coverage at expressthestar.com on Saturday for the big game against Sporting Lisbon and of course the game the following day or the following evening against Forense we'll be back at the same time next week where we'll be looking back on our Portuguese trip hopefully maybe you never know talking about a new signing and previewing my goodness the opening game against Leeds United. Hope you've enjoyed this in-depth chat from me, from Kino. Have a great weekend. We'll see you in Portugal, baby. Take care. Bye-bye.